couple of things I want to mention. We're going to take a break a little bit early so we have time to talk to Newt Gingrich. I don't know if you know who Newt Gingrich is. He was Speaker of the House um, back when I first started paying attention to politics and uh, led the Republican Revolution. The Republicans took back the House back in the day when Bill Clinton was president. You, you know, if you don't if you don't know that, you probably don't care. But since then, he has been a uh, constant pundit. He is a an historian. He's written a number of books. He ran for president and had a pretty good run there in 2000. It's the year Mitt Romney ended up being the uh, nominee, I guess, that'd be 2012. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk to Newt coming up in a little bit. And I know one of the things I want to ask him as an historian and a guy who's been in politics at the highest levels his entire, entire adult life, is this about as crazy a time as we've had in modern history or maybe ever in the United States of America? Um, remember that idea that they had in Florida to release GMO mosquitoes? Oh, right. A plan to set loose 750 million genetically modified mosquitoes in Florida and Texas is going to move forward despite concerns from environmentalists and a fair number of scientists who liken it to a Jurassic Park experiment. I read an article about this in the New York Times a year ago, and it had scientists pro and scientists con on this. Mosquitoes! <laughs> President weighing in. They've got these non-biting mosquitoes developed by a British biotech company that contain a protein that uh, gets passed to the biting female offspring that is designed to reduce the insect's chance of surviving into adulthood and therefore prevent the spread of mosquito-borne diseases. The number one killing animal on Earth, you probably know, is the mosquito. Not all, even close. All and because it it uh, will sneak up behind you and crush you with a rock. Yeah. That's what that's what they take do. your wallet. <laughs> no, they 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 spread diseases around. You know, they 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 land on Sean. They suck up his, uh, some of his COVID blood. They come and bite me. They mix some of his COVID blood with my blood. And now, now I got, got the COVID. It. Yeah, because of the damned mosquito. Well, they've got this idea to genetically modify him. That's supposed to wipe him out. But uh, ethicists and scientists and environmentalists are really worried that this is a huge. We don't know fully the role mosquitoes play in society. Maybe they're mixing things with our blood or animals' blood or whatever that needs to happen. For Maybe all they kinds are of suppressing something else that's even worse. Absolutely, um, and uh, and we don't know, and that's why you shouldn't uh, start playing God at this level and get mixed it in with it. Well, anyway, they're going to move forward in Florida and Texas, and we'll see how this turns out. I predict zombie apocalypse, <laughs> as I always do, which will lead to if Joe was here, he would say cannibalism. Um, Some poll numbers I'll hit you with real quick, and then we'll get to Newt Gingrich. 538, which is one of the best polling organizations out there, has unleashed their first, and it will be ongoing clear through the presidential election, uh, national uh, polling numbers. They've got uh, different ways of weighing uh, who's ahead and who's behind, and they claim that their methodology is better than everybody else and blah, blah, blah. They currently have Biden nationally up eight points, which is a slightly smaller lead than a lot of your other polls out there who have it at 11 or more double digits. And then when you get into some of the battleground states, it gets even smaller. And again, this is before the campaign has really begun. Mm -hmm. This is um, really early on. And not only that, we have no idea what the issues are going to be come election time, whether the economy will have bounced back or not, whether the coronavirus will have uh, come back or not, what's going on with China, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. More tell-all books. But, for instance, in Wisconsin right now, one of the key states, Biden is up by six. In Pennsylvania, a must-win for Donald Trump. Um, Trump is down by five. So those are margins that obviously could, uh, could change by the time Whatever. of the election time. 
Ohio is a two-point spread. I would guess that's within the margin of error. So who knows? It's still, you know, it's still relatively close. The national number doesn't matter. That's not the way we do it. We don't do national elections. You could get every single vote in California and every single vote in the state of New York and uh, and still get the same number of delegates. And that, that makes for a big, big national number. You really won by a lot of votes. But that didn't make any difference with Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, uh, Ohio, etc. So eh, we'll keep an eye on that a little bit as we get closer and closer. But as we talked about earlier, way too far out. The campaign hasn't begun. We have no idea what the issues are going to be. Former Speaker of the House of Representatives, Newt Gingrich, on these crazy times we're living in. We're going to talk to him coming up next. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I gotta believe you all are dealing with the same situation that I am if you got, uh, well, whatever your life situation, but I got kids. And um, just trying to keep them on a day-by-day basis, have something to look forward to this summer, is just not like it is most summers. Uh, you probably, like us, don't really have any vacation plans because you don't know what's going to be open and what's going to be closed. And even if it is open, do you want to go there and and uh, various travel restrictions and that sort of stuff? And then all the camps that your kids normally did, like art camp or soccer camp or whatever, none of those are going on. It's weird. And kids need something to look forward to, especially in summertime. You know, they got this idea that hey, it's summer. We're gonna we're gonna what now? We're gonna we're, we're gonna stay home every day. Have you thought about just doing a little bit of, you know, actual camping, uh, taking a tent somewhere into the woods going yeah, that, for an overnight that, or something that like that? That would be fun. I honestly haven't looked into what's open and where you right. can go and what you can do. I don't. I actually don't it's know. It's the forest. How are you going to close the forest, Jack? <laughs> Put on your but, boots. Start walking. <laughs> but, yeah, I know my son was really looking forward to various soccer camps that he's done the last couple of years. And at Dang least it. for right now, none of that stuff exists. And I don't know if uh, it's that way where you live, but it's certainly that way where I live. And it's wild. What a weird period in time. They'll remember this for the rest of their lives. There's no doubt about it. Anyway, our text line is 415-295-KFTC if you'd like to uh, weigh in on how you're keeping your kids looking forward to anything other than more video games and popsicles on a hot day in the summertime. I mean, that is something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I do try to remind them of them when they're, quote, bored. You've been playing video games and eating popsicles. It's not exactly like you're digging ditches, all right? <laughs> Come on now. Um, How are we looking on Newt Gingrich there? We're looking forward to talking to him. A little iffy? There's a little iffy. Do you think there's a chance we don't get him at all? No, no, he's 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 coming. I just talked to his, his handler. He's He'll be with us here in just a moment. I need to get a handler. I'd like to have a handler. I need a handler. Anybody who knows me knows that. Newt Gingrich was a history professor in Georgia in the 70s, and he got interested in politics and decided to run. And he ended up being a member of the House of Representatives, representing his state of Georgia, um, and worked his way up until he was the Speaker of the House. Then, after 40-plus years of Democrats controlling the House of Representatives, in some belief, that demographically, Democrats would control the House forever, Newt put together the Contract with America and was able to lead a Republican revolution, he called it, in 1994, for Republicans to take the House back after 40-plus years. And uh, he did battle with Bill Clinton. If you were following politics at the time, it was a very, very exciting time to be alive. 
Um, since then, he's continued as a, an historian to write a lot of books and stay active in politics, ran for president, and, and uh, did pretty well back there in 2012. But now he's out with a brand new book called Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. Newt Gingrich, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Appreciate the time this morning. Well, listen, it's great to be with you and have a chance to chat. I'm very excited by the new book because I think as we go into this particular election, I think having an ability to have facts and figures and to be able to talk with your friends and neighbors can be very, very important. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 more difficult than ever. So before we get into that, you're, you're an historian. You've been around a long time. You know, I found this kind of interesting. You've been around the entire time I've been following politics. You're still younger than Joe Biden, which is... <laughs> which I find astounding. Um, uh, it, it is. It's, it's an astounding fact. Um, but you're an historian. Where does the, the the current time we're living in rank? I mean, with the pandemic, with the economy, with the, the the racial tensions and everything like that, it seems to me it's about as crazy as anything we've had in our nation's history. Well, I mean, certainly it would not be as bad as the Civil War. Uh, but I think if, if you take that off the equation... Uh, it's it's in the same league with with FDR going through the depression and World War II. Uh, it's, it's the combination of uh, having a pandemic, which the Chinese lied about consistently and made it much worse. Having uh, the public health people say close everything down, so the government, for the first time, I, I don't ever remember ever before, governments deliberately creating a depression, which is what they did. And then for a people who are used to being very free, telling us all to shut up and stay at home and do exactly what your local official tells you. And then finally, with, with weeks and weeks of, 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 un, of unhappiness and tension building up, you had the, the tragedy of um, George Floyd getting killed and the way he got killed. You have an eight-and-a-half-minute tape of people saying you're killing him, and then you watch him dying. And that led to, and you know, that was a spark, which I think will be seen as historic, and which led to a lot of different activities, some of them totally legitimate and some of them, barbaric and totally illegitimate. So when you swirl all that together and, and you combine that with a very left-wing news media that just hates Trump, um, you really have an interesting, as a historian, you have a really interesting time. How do you feel about this move of journalism? You saw what happened with the New York Times, the revolt they had in their, you know, their editorial section there. Um, and they pulled an op-ed from a sitting U.S. senator with a reasonable argument he was making. You mentioned the left-wing media. Um, that understates it. How does that fit in that we don't even have we don't have any common news sources we can go to to even find out what the stories of the day are? Right. Well, I think you have to start with the idea that these are not news media. These are propaganda systems for the left. They have no relationship to news media. Uh, and I think you really have to start from that perspective. And then I think you've got to decide that, um, you know, you're going to find ways to learn things on your own, but you're going to expect them to always be anti-Trump. You know, so so Trump goes to West Point and gave what I thought was one of the better speeches of his presidency. Uh, The young cadets, I think, paid really careful attention. I think it was a very positive day. And immediately uh, the media starts to focus on whether or not he walked down this long ramp too carefully, and was that a sign of age? Now, if you watch Donald Trump and you watch Joe Biden, the idea that the person you'd worry about being too old is Trump is crazy. 
I mean, Trump has the energy of a 30-year-old. Uh, but And he made a very clear point. He said, look, there was no handrail, it was a slippery surface, and I was wearing leather shoes, and I knew if I fell that the fake media would go crazy. So, yeah, I walked down very carefully, and if you watch him when he gets to the bottom, he sort of trots off, and he's fine. But they, they were looking for what is it we can use to clutter this speech, because the speech is too good, and if we let the American people see the speech, they might get a positive view of Trump. We're talking with uh, former speaker. We're talking with former speaker of the House and a historian and author of many many books. Newt Gingrich ran for president himself. Um, the book is Trump and the American Future: Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. You have Trump in the title, but it seems to me the problems of our time, you know, are are going to be there whether whether Trump is president or not. What do you lay out as the problems of our time? Well, I think first of all, you've got to get the economy growing again. No, nothing else works if we can't get the economy growing again. Uh, Second, I think that you have to continue to to learn how to cope with uh, the virus, uh, partly by getting things better better, uh, therapies, partly by getting uh, ultimately uh, some kind of vaccine, and by learning how to focus on hotspots and surround them and stop them before they they infect very many people. I think third, uh, we have to have a, a basic argument about uh, whether or not this country is going to function. I mean, you know, when you when you look at how bad the schools are in some of our cities, in Baltimore, which is the fourth most expensive city in the country for education, there are entire buildings that do not have a single student passing the state exam. Not one. So they're clearly not schools in any traditional sense. And this is a crisis because it leaves these kids with no usable skills, no ability to survive, uh, they, 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 no wonder they feel cheated and frustrated, et cetera. So, you know, I think um, that it's, just, it's amazing uh, that we, we have not been willing to come to grips with some of these things. You know, I think, again, we, we need to come to grips with, with, with better policing, but, that's, but I actually believe that probably means more police paid better and with, with, with stricter rules and probably with every one of them having a body camera. Uh, that requires changing the union contracts, which is the same problem you have with the big city school system. As long as, long as you have union contracts which protect the incompetent, uh, you're going to have systems that decay. You were Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, and um, it was a contentious time, and you and Bill Clinton and uh, the battles and that sort of thing. But, man, it, uh, it, it seems like everybody loved everybody to compare to today when you... You know, the president will call Nancy Pelosi crazy and she'll call him morbidly obese and back and forth. Do you see us ever returning to anything even closer to uh, to, to cooperation and bipartisanship anytime soon? Well, when one side wins. I mean, the reason it's so intense right now is that both sides see themselves almost winning and almost being annihilated. And that maximizes the pressure and maximizes... Uh, the emotions that are at stake. And so until that gets solved, until one side clearly is dominant, uh, it's going to remain that that intense and that bitter. That is fascinating. I'm glad we had you on just for that question and answer right there. The book is Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. Smart guy, lots of uh, perspective and obviously experience. Newt Gingrich, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Uh, that was interesting. Honestly, that was worth the interview for that. And uh, 
It reminded me, I've heard George Will say that, too. This will stay as as bitter as it is until one side wins, clearly wins. And, you know, it doesn't have to be 100% to nothing. It pr- probably just needs to get to somewhere like 60-40, maybe 70-30, but then you've got a clear, you know, leading um, uh, well side that, that's, that's leading the way and the other side trying to... Uh, group back together but when it's this tight and every battle is so close we're either going to win or be annihilated that's how you end up with a you know this this knife fight that we're in on every single issue every single day that's really interesting anyway i hope you like that um uh you can check it out if you just joined it late at the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com armstrongandgetty.com so are we selling masks yet we do have masks for sale at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, and they're basic. We They're not That's logoed up. They're not logoed up. But if like you're going to buy a new coffee mug, you're going to buy a T-shirt, you might as well throw in a set of three masks, too. Fantastic. More and more states are making it mandatory to wear masks, including the biggest state in the country, California. Now mask mandatory. You can get them at armstrongandgetty.com. Go to our store. Buy yourself some swag. I wear Armstrong and Getty T-shirts because I'm sort of, sort of weirdo who <laughs> company man wears his own stuff when he's out and about. I don't know what to say about that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This Sunday is Father's Day, the day we all pretend what time is it where you are counts as conversation. Oh, wow. These are really heartwarming. Yeah. What what is that? Um, You know, I have a little that. My parents live in Arizona, and at half the year, they're an hour different, and half the year, they're the same. So I always have to ask, what time is it where you are? Um, Interesting conversation with Newt Gingrich. That question of, uh, will we ever get back to any sort of uh, normalcy? He said, when one side finally wins. I'm going to ask Lon He Chen about that next hour, because he's a brilliant political mind, too. I'm kind of fascinated by that entire uh, idea. Uh, but away from politics, thank God, for a while. Uh, Michael's getting married in about four months. Our board operator, Michael Angel. You've been working with us for how many years, Michael? Uh, per- 20 and a half years. Pretty soon it'll be 21. That's uh, Is that half your life? Yeah. I started when I was 25, and I'm now 45. Yeah. Wow. Certainly of your working life. Um, and uh, you've been single this whole time. Yeah, I was single until I was, yeah, I, I've been single except for the last seven years, basically. Same girl? Same girl, yeah. You've been dating for seven years? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. That's a long time to date before you get married. I know. I know. It's way too long. As she probably reminded you yes, yes, many yes. times. Yeah. Many times. <laughs> so she has been itching to make this uh, more formal? Yeah, and me too as well. So, yeah. Well, what was holding you back? A if you want, it, if she wanted to, and you wanted to, then what? Why? You know, a lot of it was like financial, and um, we just uh, she wanted to go back to school, and so I helped pay for that, and just uh, we did a lot of stuff. We got a house, and we kind of did everything backwards. To be honest with you, we probably should got married first before we did all this stuff, but uh, yeah, it's all worked out. Huh. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> Marriage? I hear that, brother. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. You should probably get married first. Uh, doing it the backwards way? Oh, yeah. the order of operations. Yeah, I see. that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking it through. Some of the financial stuff had to be a little complicated just because of, yeah, 
that would have been different if you were married. But anyway, it doesn't make any difference at this point. It's all worked out, and we're very happy. So, How often would she bring it up? Oh, not too often, but maybe more, though, in the last two or three years. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got I, I, if I was one of her friends advising her and nobody wants their friends advising him, I'd say, you got to wonder at some point if he's ever going to marry you, don't you? I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I understand, you know, her feeling like that. But anyway, but, uh, so it's all it's all fine. Um, uh, how big a wedding is this going to be? We're figuring about 100 people, probably. That seems pretty big. That's nice. Yeah. I don't want it too big, but I don't want it too small. And I figure about house? I figure about half of them will be uh, 50. 50 of them will be our family, you know. Were you at my wedding? Yes. Yeah. How, how big was it? I think it was about 100 people. Was it? I just remember a I have no idea. Everybody kept giving me desserts. Oh, we had some great desserts. Yeah, you did. <laughs> One thing we had was some great desserts. That's not a surprise, is it? Um, so you got to have about 100 people, and uh, her, her, you're, 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 you grew up around here where we're broadcasting from. Did she? Uh, yeah, she actually she grew up in Southern California, but she's lived up here a lot. Okay, so you both have family close enough to like show up and all that sort of thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, do you have any plans for children? And you're you obviously you can feel free to not answer any of these questions. No, I, but, the answer is no. I'm, I just feel I'm probably too old for children. And does she feel the same way? Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. No kids. We did it late in life, you know, both of us do you in have our mid forties. Yeah, we got pets. Was that your plan all along? If I push off the marriage, I won't have to have kids? Was that no, the theory? Or no, no, it just sort of happened. <laughs> Pretty smooth move. Five-dimensional um, chess. <laughs> I have kids, and this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me, and I can't imagine the point of life without them for me. But uh, so, you, so no plans for that. And, uh, well, that's kind of interesting on its own. Then. So you got a house, a career. She went to school, so you both got careers, not going to have kids. How do you see? Uh, how do you see the next forty years of your life? A lot, I don't know, of, a just, lot of Netflix and uh... yeah, I guess just kind of winding it down. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! You ramp it up until you get married, then you start to wind. Just kind of winding it down, just kind of a slow forty-year wind down, just taking it easy. <laughs> Working the handbrake on the bike. Don't want to go too fast. <laughs> I've put in my time. It's like time to coast a little bit. Get a little breeze in the air. I found that sounds very relaxing. I am a, I got a feeling of relaxation when you said that. It just kind of ah, it sounds nice winding it down because I'm I'm not I'm not winding it down. I I got to go home today and it'll be mayhem. There's no winding down going on in my life. Good for you. Um, Going what do you home got? to mayhem is a slightly different message than uh, kids were the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um, well, it's it's a, it's, a, it's, it's it's mayhem and a lot of work. And that's the con- not conundrum's the wrong word, but that's kind of the beauty of it, right? I, I say you, this you, I you, say you, this all the time, and this is it doesn't have to be true for anybody else, but it's true for me. When I was single and running around and doing whatever I wanted, it was a Friday. I got off work at like ten o'clock. I got the whole weekend ahead of me. I'm going to do whatever I want, uh-huh. and I could afford to do whatever I wanted, and I and I wasn't tied down by anything. I could do whatever I wanted, and I would end up. At at the end of the day, laying in bed thinking, "What am I doing with my life?" I just—I was in a constant state of angst and concern, and like not particularly happy and everything like that. By doing whatever I wanted, now I get to do nothing that I want. <laughs> I have—I will do nothing 
by my choice, the next 72 hours. And I will go to bed at night, and I will lay down and be completely fulfilled and happy with my day and go to sleep sleep like a rock. That is, that's, a, that's only my circumstance, but that's what happened to me. That sounds so counterintuitive, but it's it's so beautiful that that... I, I believe you 100% in saying that, that. For whatever reason, me left to my own devices doesn't make me happy. Pers- well, for me, pursuit of pleasure didn't make me happy. Right. I was pursuing pleasure all day long, whether it was food... Uh, rubbing up against somebody, um, you know, whatever other player was, travel. I pursued that endlessly, got a lot of it, and uh, was still never happy. And then I have kids. It's a pain in the ass constantly, but I'm happy at the end of the day. Anyway, that's my experience. Uh, so you're going to be winding it down. Hey, what are you wearing at your wedding? Just a regular tux. I'm still deciding. What color? Uh, Powder probably, blue? I'm thinking bl- orange. Black, maybe black, black tux. Going with a black tux. You haven't picked it out yet. No, uh-huh. no, I haven't. Because of COVID, everything was shut down. How many groomsmen? Uh, we're not going to have groomsmen, actually. No groomsmen. I respect it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you don't have to get them gifts now. Right. <laughs> you think all this through. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> a lot of it was cost. I, uh, I won't lie. A lot of it was just plain cost. Uh-huh. Weddings are expensive. I didn't realize they were this expensive. It's, well, it's you, crazy. There, there's, it's an industry. They jack up the price. Like if, if I was having a just a generic meeting or a party in these very same banquet rooms, it would be a different price than if I was throwing a wedding. Yeah. I worked at a country club. They absolutely charge different rates for weddings to use the venue than other things. Sure, because a lot of times it's being paid for by a third party. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, they, they, they catch on to the whole money is not really an object and it's an industry and they, and everything from the ring, you know, isn't she worth two months of your salary? It's all these made up, uh, like this is tradition. It's tradition to spend this much and this much and this much and do this and this and this. And it's all a cost and it's, 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 it's a racket. Um, to a certain extent, how many ice sculptures are you going to have there? (laughs) No ice sculptures. (laughs) Uh, Will you have desserts? Yeah. We're going to have a whole spread for you guys. Yeah. Awesome. I'm looking forward to the food. That's, that's something I, I assume you'll do very well. We got a great photographer, too. Yeah. Sin- oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. You know who she is. Yeah. I'm looking forward to two people committing to themselves for the rest of their lives. Look at that. Jack, looking forward to the... <laughs> what, what do you got to eat? <laughs> that's, it. that's worth pointing out there, Sean. That's worth pointing out. That's the direction I want. I'm looking forward to it, Michael. Any cold feet whatsoever? Any reservations? Even the slightest? No, nope, not yeah. at all. No, I didn't think. Good answer. Yeah. Nice and quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, you no did. hesitation. You know, it would have been a long weekend if you'd answered any different, huh? Long weekend. There long was that. weekend. Well, before that, yeah. So we uh, got a city council meeting somewhere that uh, de- devolved into mayhem. Uh, Jonathan Turley was tweeting about it this morning about how we got a free speech problem going on uh, right now in this country. Maybe we'll listen to a little of this coming up. It's something. Stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As a number of textures, Michael, really enjoy the fact that you're winding it down from here, your life. You know, you kind of peeked around your 40s, and you're just going to wind her down to the to the end. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. This is not hilarious. Uh, we like Jonathan, Jonathan Turley around here. He's a law professor at George Washington University and a really smart guy, and one of those people that you can't pigeonhole politically. He is a Democrat, as he's pointed out uh, many times, and he uh, voted for Hillary Clinton, but um, he's bothered by some of the things that are going on on the left. He's got an article out today called Revolution Redo. 
how about uh, uh, how a movement for reform is becoming a platform for radicalism? And he makes the, well, I'll read a little bit from his column. The atmosphere currently is strikingly similar for those familiar with history and specifically the course of the French Revolution. Yeah, a super smart college professor is actually comparing what's going on right now to the way it was at the beginning of the French Revolution. I mean, a lot of us have said that sort of thing. I'm glad he, you know, somebody with some heft is saying it. So it doesn't sound like we're just, you know, uh, crazy people are trying to be, uh, hyperbolic or whatever no it's it when when the mayor of minneapolis is shouted down and has to leave the stage for daring to say we probably ought to have a police force of some sort same with bill de blasio in new new york city and various other places across the country that's kind of scary and then this from jonathan turley's uh, twitter feed today for those of us worried about free speech in this age of rage This video of the canceling of a city council meeting magnifies the concerns. This is from Cincinnati, where they had to shut down a city council meeting five hours early as they were kind of, uh, they're supposed to have their budget hearing, and they got into the conversation of uh, defunding the police. The final public hearing for Cincinnati's 2021 budget turned into total chaos after a resident tried to make a case for directing more funding toward the police. It got so crazy that they shut it down five hours early. Then they tried to get it going again. People went nutso. The guy in charge of it ran out the room. And then, ironically, it says here in TMZ, police were called in to restore order. Things got so disorderly at the city council meeting, they had to bring in police so that it didn't turn into crazy violence. Anyway, let's listen to a little bit of it. Hello. Good evening. My name is Carl Beckman, and I'm a longtime resident of Cincinnati. It is truly an honor to address council. Uh, you should give priority to the funding of the police department, fire department, roads, trash collections, water department, and senior citizen centers. The police department should, be the, should have the sole discretion on how to spend the money as it sees fit. Reasons for funding the police department include the police department is underfunded... And- one of my favorite parts of this is, so as with all these things, of course, there's a sign language person in screen on the, the, the TV while this is going on. And her interpretation of the booze is great. She just starts going thumbs down, thumbs down. Like she's signing out what the audience is doing, which I really enjoyed. The police department is underfunded and unprepared. We saw this during the recent riots. An officer was shot and there were re- no repercussions for the shooter. Nothing was or could be done about it. Two, the officers can always use updated training. Three, having new recruit classes would give the complainers the ability to join the force. They could be part of the solution. Four, underfunding the police department equals under-policing. We can either have a hearing, which means that Which, which means, well, you know. Can you pause uh, for just a second? I, I assume what he's, what he's trying to say, and may say it here, is we can either have a hearing where different people give different points of view, and then we have some sort of discussion and vote, or we can just descend into chaos. I mean, for crying out loud. Let's see what the crowd chose. Yeah. Well, that's the point. That's, that's what that I'm trying to say. Everybody should have a point to... No, no, no. It's a forum for everybody. 
And then it just kind of goes on from there. That's absolutely incredible. They ended it five hours early. They they had allowed a lot of time because they knew this was going to be a big deal. and There's going to be lots of conversation and they wanted as many people to speak as possible. Um, but they 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 ended it early because it was getting too uh, well. People weren't able to speak. It's the what they call the heckler's veto. You just get loud enough that other people can't speak uh, to try to end the conversation, which is uh, kind of exciting and fun. If you're on the uh, if you're on the side of you don't you know the the heckler, if you don't want the unpopular opinion heard, but that's not a good way to run democracy because it always happens and comes back to bite you in your own hind end. There will come a time. This is this is the history of the French Revolution, and if you haven't read about the French Revolution, you really should, uh, from beginning to end, how it starts. Um, a lot of these people who are shouting and yelling will be on the other side of it before you know it. Because there's some line that they're not willing to cross or what they think is a good idea or bad idea that the rest of the mob doesn't approve of or the mores of the mob change over the next couple of months. And it's just, it's, well, you can't run a system like this. It ends up in uh, bloodshed and chaos. And that is absolutely amazing. And the fact that Jonathan Turley, uh, a, a, a guy with his intellect, is comparing it to the beginnings of the French Revolution, I think is significant. That is something right there. And troubling. I don't I don't know where this is going. You know, uh, we certainly don't have a president whose uh, number one skill set is calming these sorts of things down, but I'm not sure it would make any difference. I wish Barack Obama would give more speeches like he did the other day. I wish he'd go to these towns and give speeches because he, he, I think, alone could make the point and be heard, hey, There's enough of you. If this is what you feel, if you actually organize and get petitions signed and vote, you will win. You will get what you want in a democratic fashion, and it will be uh, codified, if you will, into law. It will actually be the law of the land. We can win the day. We can do this. We've got to organize. If we descend into chaos and start screaming and yelling, you give a lot of ammunition to the other side who are going to vote a different way. And there's going to be enough law and order types who vote a certain way that the, the mob's not going to get what they're hoping for. And I just, it just, I don't think any calm heads out there like the direction this is going. It's really troubling. Holy crap. That is something right there. Um, did that guy overreact? The guy was running the city council meeting by saying, okay, that's it. I don't know what else he was going to do. If people can't be heard, it's not actually a city council meeting. The, the whole point of it is for different points of view to be heard. But that, that's quite a story right there. There's going to be, uh, do you think there's going to be more of that in the future, in the coming weeks and months or less? I think I put my money on, on more pretty clearly. God, and I'll tell you, I was hearing more about voting irregularity and how close the vote is in some of the swing states and everything. If we have a close election, particularly, I think, if Trump wins, if we have a close election and Trump wins, there is going to be the sort of chaos in the streets that we maybe have never seen in this nation. It's just going to be insane. And I'm not using that as a as a threat that 
uh, that's a, a reason not to vote for Trump or, or people should vote for Biden or anything. I just I just think that's, you know, the way the forces of anger are aligned right now. That's that's what the result's going to be. What if Trump uh, wins in a blowout? Will people accuse him of interfering I think either with the side, election? I think either side winning in a blowout would, would calm things down a lot. It's hard to imagine how that would happen, though. It's just, it just doesn't look like the stars are aligned for a blowout either way. It seems like everything is aligned for a close election. And if we have a lot of mail-in uh, votes and, 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 and troubles at polling places and all kinds of different things, like, yeah, that's one of the with the increase. I think there's going to be more mail-in ballots this year than than almost any, partly because of the COVID things, and I think that's one of the the adaptations places are going to make. And so the the slow rate at which we go to bed one night with one oh somebody's leading here, and then we wake up in the morning and it's and it's flipped is going to cause a lot of people to be like, sure. wait a minute, right? And man, if I'm Russia, if I'm Putin, I spend whatever kind of money I got to spend to pay whoever I got to pay. To get enough people to show up at some of the in some of these swing states to cause problems at polling places, just so you have that in the in I was about to say the morning newspapers. Okay, boomer. Um, <laughs> just so you have that on the cable news the next morning, and just you know fan the flames of yep. there's something amiss. Was it Antifa? Was it uh, boogie, uh, the bo- boogeyman? Boogaloo. boogaloo? And just oh my god, I'm not looking forward to it. No wonder Jimmy Kimmel's taking until September off. I don't blame him. It's chaos out there. Armstrong and Getty.